My colleague says we've passed the strongest border bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster, really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on that you fixed the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waivable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff, they're actually going to grow. Because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid. It probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time. And you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. Once again, the chair would admonish. Biggs. Aye. Buck. Burchett. Yes. Crane. Yes. Gates. Yes. Good of Virginia. Yes. Mace. Aye. Yay. Rosendale. On this vote, the yeas are 216. The nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. I called Nancy Mace's chief of staff yesterday. And because um, I called the chief of staff. Well, she was on the view saying I didn't keep my word. So I didn't know what to listen. Um, I can't say this in the press, but OK. Um, but so I, 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 I no, you'll keep it among yourselves, right? Wait till my book. Um, no. So I call her chief of staff because. I don't know, maybe I don't connect her with something else, but I just said to him, I said, can you please tell me, I don't understand, where have I not kept my word? You know what her chief of staff said? You have kept your word, 100%. Um, members come to me, and one thing, I don't like the idea that a member comes and tries to leverage me. I, I, I don't go for that. You know, I'll vote for the bill you do. I, I, that, that's not well. But if you have a problem with the bill, I want to help you. But... I can't sit there and write your entire bill and work it all the way through committee. We just okay. got our one bill. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday for October in the year of our Lord, 2023. The day after the morning after uh, one of the most important days in American political history for the first time in this Republic, a sitting speaker of the house was removed by a vote of the house. We have two of our uh, honored to have two of the uh, leaders of this revolt uh, with us live in the worm today, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, and of course, Matt Gates of Florida. Uh, it, we don't need to relitigate. 
but I think it's important about going forward because the audience and Warren Posse, the numbers two zero two 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 five three one two one. You got to be at the ramparts today because K Street, the lobbyists are coming hard, coming hard for this movement and coming hard for people that uh, stood and stood in the breach yesterday. What? Nancy, in your Congressman Mace, in your mind, what was yesterday about? What? What? Because it's a lot of confusion, and of course, other bigger conservative outlets are putting a spin on this. What? What was yesterday about, and why did you stand up? You could hear the audible gasp when this was live. It was loud. Uh, it was loud. It was. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you got a few sidebar comments in there. So tell us about what was yesterday, why is it important? Well, this is all about Washington politicians not keeping their word, not keeping their promises. And the American people are sick and tired of the BS that goes on up here in Washington. And I remember, you know, in 2008, the market was crashing. I had a two-year-old and was pregnant with the second kid, starting my own company. I could not afford health insurance. And COBRA was $1,500 a month for a family of four. And I remember seeing what was going on in Washington, the same kind of spending, no accountability, no transparency, four powerful men in charge, getting whatever they wanted and, and, and screwing the American people. And I never thought I would be in Congress. And so when I saw this go down in, you know, watching a former speaker in the conference say, we're going to do things, we're going to follow the law. And we have a law that says we're supposed to have a budget and 12 separate spending bills. And... We didn't follow through. The conference, the leadership didn't follow through on that. And there was this now emergency, and now we've got to do CR, a CR like we always do. That's not what we said we were going to do. That's not following the law. It's skirting the law and allows four very powerful people to have all the power. And it doesn't give power back to the people. What we did last night, what happened yesterday, was decentralizing that power and giving it back to the people. And it's about broken promises. Listen, before I go to Matt, um, you were on here. In fact, you were on here, I think, Thursday. By Skype from your office, you say mm-hmm. that he had lied to you on m- many occasions. Mm-hmm. He also says something quite important, that you're in a swing to a purple district, I am. but these people are fiscally quite conservative. No yes. matter what some of, even their social or cultural leanings are. Their co- do you believe you represented their interest yesterday in that vote? I do. I do. And it's a very fiscally conservative district. It's socially sensible. I certainly am not going to make everybody happy, especially those that are part of the establishment. The establishment is coming after me. I mean, 100% started last night, and I need help. I'm going to need help to get through this at nancymace.org because they're coming for me. But um, I would say in my district, you know, they when I expressed what I did and how I did it, I put a statement out last night talking about this isn't left versus right. This is about telling the truth. And the next speaker that we have needs to be someone who's not going to let the American people down, who will tell the truth and be honest, even when we disagree, someone who's going to keep their word. That's what matters. And from South Carolina, when you look a man in the eye and you shake his hand and you keep up your end of the bargain and he violates that promise, there are consequences. Like, I just want somebody who's going to be honest and tell the truth no matter what. I think you said last week, down in your district, your word is your bond. It is. Right? And it so is. That, that is what informed your decision yesterday. Because you can hear the, the audible gas, and the gas was even bigger on K Street. Because yeah. the lobbyists are, the knives are out. Yeah, the, the knives are out uh, for me and, and the other seven that, that voted for this. But this was a principled vote. It was a vote of conscience. And it was about, when I was at the Citadel, and when I went through that, they tell they teach you about duty, doing the right thing no matter who is watching. And I did my American duty to the American people. I don't owe anything to D.C. I don't owe anything to people in Washington. I owe South Carolina. I owe the people of this country to do the right thing no matter what. The the You guys make the argument. Uh, 
to the to the nation and to the party that you are the you're the agents of principle. You're standing for principle. Deals that were made and these deals were made not willy nilly because they had a it, you had thought it through of how you get it, your hands around budgets, how you break the cartel, how the operation. You don't do everything in the dark at night with CRs and omnibuses. You walk through a whole process, and, and you two guys were also balanced budget, all of it. Why answer the, the critics that are saying that you are you eight, the hard eight, are actually the agents of chaos and have thrown us into more chaos? Well, first I want to say the posse won, and the posse was attacked last night. You know, when Garrett Graves stood on the floor and criticized the people in this country who go to nancymace.org or macgates.com and donate 10 or $20, what they're trying to say is they're afraid of your collective agency. They, they are worried that your ability to act as, um, as a force in American politics can become more important than the big steak dinners and the lobbyist fundraisers and the favors that are traded back and forth with political action committees. And so that's heartening. But I, I don't quite understand why so many people characterize our movement as uh, – and by the way, people <laughs> including the New York Times reporter you have sitting in the corner in the war room right now, when they write about me, they say things like – They say things like hardliner – the hardliners. Ultra mega. Oh, ultra yeah, mega. yeah. The the the, the far, far right. right. Far right. And I'm thinking, okay, look at look at who. You, look at. Let's talk about this for a moment. <laughs> okay, Nancy is not a hard right. Uh, uh, I, in, you know, intransigent lawmaker. But our Venn diagram overlaps Didn't around spending. did you vote to send me to federal prison for I like the months? Constitution. I'm a constitutionalist. Okay. okay. It's getting hot my, 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 no, my, my appellate lawyer would disagree about that, but that's not a so, so, but But – but our Nancy is a fiscal hawk. She's been a fiscal yeah. hawk the whole time. And to get her to vote for the Limit Save Grow bill, it was an open secret in this town that Kevin had to agree to bring her bill up for a balanced budget amendment. And was, what, was that the deal? Yeah, I mean, well, balanced. Well, he promised the deal to Matt Gates, and then he promised it to right. me. Just, the just same for promise to remember, that was the first deal that we were not happy with the audience, but we we went along. That had the one one year right. one point five trillion dollar deficit. We hated it, but said, "Hey, in the I spirit of, in the spirit of of getting forward, uh, we're okay." Yeah, I didn't vote for it, but I can understand right. that Nancy leveraged her vote to get something that is really important to the American people up for consideration, and I was heartened by that because Kevin had promised. Uh, the 20, the same thing. So I thought, well, this is great. Well, I didn't go for the debt ceiling bill. I mean, that, I've negotiated on other votes. Like, I yeah. warned everybody about the debt ceiling bill. I warned everyone that Congress was not going to do what they promised they were going to do. And it, and it laid out exactly the way I said it was going. This was predictable. And it was a principle. When they vote. came back with the two-year deal, when he came back with the two-year deal, you're saying that the overall vote for the debt ceiling. Yeah. Not the first I mean, time. it was. It was. That's the original. It was, but like, yeah. what, what's hard right about saying we should follow the law? Like the law requires these single subject spending bills and a budget to be passed. What's hard right about saying you, when you say 72 hours to read the bill, you don't get to waive that to pass a continuing resolution. What, what's hard right about saying something that spends more than $100 million should not go on the suspension agenda where it is not subject to amendment? The things I am fighting for are good government. And Reasonable things. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a centrist. I would say small L libertarian, fiscally conservative, socially sensible. Matt and I agree on like 98% of the things. But it's not unreasonable to ask Congress just 
follow the law. Law from 1974, the Budget Impact and Control Act says a budget and 12 spending bills. Now, yeah, he and I are not going to agree with leadership or either side of the aisle on the amount they're going to spend. They're going to spend way more than we would ever want. But you still have a process where the bills are vetted, they're amended, the people have a say through their representative, and then they're voted on the floor, not not the, the CRs and the omnibuses. And by the way, the last we would vote different ways on some of these amendments. Right. Yeah. And there's an interesting mm-hmm. ability with with more voting and actual legislating Much for coalitions to form yes. and on for us to work together. And, and it'll be okay if we take a lot of votes, if we're together on some things, debate against one another on others. That's real governing. And it never happens here because they delay everything, back you up against shutdown politics, and then just get you to vote for a continuing resolution where the lobbyists are in, in charge in, of what's in it. In fact, what was so uh, illustrative last week in the middle of the night when we're doing these amendments, like it should be done, each single subject. I mean, you voted for the, controversially, the 18 that voted for the drag queen uh, story there hour. There were no drag queens and, and, mentioned, and, and, but if you're gay and you're willing to take a bullet for our country, I don't care how you celebrate okay, pride. I don't. And, and that, my no. point is, you, yeah. voted, you voted for On that. your own time and your own time, I hope. The, the yes, call, there was the call, no government funding. The coalition comes together uh, on different aspects. People argue, we only got a couple of minutes in this segment, People said, hey, this thing, by June or July, you knew this was a problem mm-hmm. because the subcommittees essentially finished their work and you could move forward. Two and a half months later, you returned to the city and he says, you can't shut down the government because you're not going to get the impeachment process. And we got it. And you guys then forced the hand to, to jam it through. Could this have been avoided if people had stood up back in July and said, hey, this is ridiculous. You're trying to jam us again on a CR? No, the fairest criticism is that we waited too long. But uh, this is the most blunt instrument we could use. We did not – none of us came to this decision lightly. This not weighed he- this heavy on a, all of us. And it still weighs heavy on all of us, which is you know, when you have people coming after you – um, it's important to get support, that the grassroots show their support at mattgates.com and nancymace.org. He, he, biggest hurt, but they're coming after you particularly because mm-hmm. they did not expect that year. Correct. So that, that gas was in, on K Street. I heard they went absolutely nuts. Yeah, uh, but I promised when I got elected, I was not, I didn't come here to tow the party line. I came here to do the right thing for the American people and for South Carolina. And, and it comes at a price sometimes. Uh, let's take a short commercial break. We're going to return. We have uh, two of the architects and the heroes of yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about where do we go? How do we go forward? We're also going to talk about Ukraine. A lot of discussion is that it's going to be quite difficult to get any funding. As you know, we're, the, uh, we're not particularly enthusiastic about having an open southern border, an invasion of this country, and we're focused on sending, what, $113 billion, another $80 billion they want to send this year. To the, uh, to the fight over the eastern Russian-speaking border of Ukraine. Short commercial break. Back in the worm in a moment. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home, that legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged and it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase, 
from Home Title Act. They'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. Host Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're in the war room on a day. Uh, we got to talk about how we go forward here. Just want to give you a heads up. This is what when when Nancy Mace and and Matt Gates talk about fiscal responsibility. When they talk about the crisis the country's in, thirty-year uh, mortgage. Highest, I think, in uh, 15 or 20 years, 30, 8% today. 10-year treasury, if we've taught the audience, the 10-year treasury kind of guides your life, almost 5%. That's a 500 basis point increase from when President Trump was uh, president, and it's crushing everybody. 60 to 70% of the American people live paycheck to paycheck. How do they gap that? A credit card. AP under credit cards right now are 27%, and interest rates are going higher. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of... J.P. Morgan said yesterday he thinks rates are going to go to uh, – Fed rates are going to go to 7 percent. That's 150 basis points. That will crush you. It will crush you, your family. In fact, the, the uh, student debt situation uh, – and we're anti-paying off anybody's student debt. But Biden and delaying it, the first payments they had are at the new higher interest rates. I mean these people paying off the student debts and the credit cards. If you're under 40 years old – you are a Russian serf. You don't own anything, and you're not going to own anything. And you're going to live as a debt slave the rest of your life. That's the fiscal crisis this country has. Why did conservative media, why do they still not get it? They, 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 they're, they're saying it's all about nothing. There's personal grudges. It's, it's, we can't understand what they're talking about, these, these arcane rules. Why, why is it you think people can't, on our side of the football? I mean, yesterday... You were magnificent and good and bigs, good going through his personal journey. The counter side, I'm sitting there going, it's like RNC talking points. I mean, they were just, we're the most successful. We've done more. And they talk about a couple of messaging bills. What does One of the least productive Congresses we've had in recent history. And it's not arcane to follow the law. Have a budget, have the spending bills. And you're right, I misspoke on the last segment, the debt ceiling bill. I did, that's when I negotiated the balanced budget amendment, not knowing you had already negotiated the same kind of deal because the debt ceiling bill was crap before that. And I, you know, I negotiated and, um, got something out of it because I said, we have to change the way we do business. Does in the leadership believe that this is, do they understand what these interest rates mean on a 30 year mortgage? They are 8%. 8%. They you can't, the market is, is the, already. Steve, by the way, we've had fewer mortgage origination since 1994 right now. It's going to get worse. Young people can't form the capital and make the inter- make the monthly payment. You're going to have a whole generation that are not homeowners. Does well, and it's impacting family formation. I, I know, I know yes. a lot of millennials yes. who would love to have a family, but uh, the debt that they are in, the interest rates that they are facing, at times the house they can't leave, the starter home that becomes the forever home because of rising interest rates, this is really impacting whether or not families are formed in our country, what could be more important than that? And so this is about spending. Did, about did, spending. did leadership, does leadership understand that we're in a financial crisis and you can't go along and cut these type of deals like that? Well, if they didn't deal. before, they do now. 
Why? After last night. I you mean, after so? well, after last night, you, after after the motion to vacate. But I'll tell you, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I took the kids to the grocery store when we were had district work period in August, and I told the kids meat, fruit, and vegetables, no junk food, almost five hundred dollars. And so for a family of four, over the course of a month, that's you know about two thousand dollars in groceries. That's before even going out to eat. And I'm like, the, the average family, you cannot afford that, and no one is no one is addressing it. You have a budget. You have 12 spending bills that can be vetted and amended and be more responsibly put together and have the people have a voice. It'll get better. And that's what we forced last night. We forced that last night. What, people, why are we? Well, hold on, we, hold on, yeah, hold on. Yeah, let me present. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, I hope that's true. I really hope what Nancy said is true. I'm being hopeful. I, I worry that there is another economic condition that predominates over these challenges of the American family. Kevin McCarthy was expected to raise another $300 million for Republican campaign coffers between now and the upcoming election. And one of the largest questions for a lot of members in frontline districts uh, is, well, who's going to go raise that money now? Who is going to uh, ensure that, that we have the resources to campaign? I mean, uh, I live in a district where, you know, the primary is sometimes more competitive than the general. And when I was hearing what it costs you to $6 run a campaign, dollars every two years. it was shocking to me. I mm-hmm. mean, that is a that is a huge sum of money. It's a huge sum of money. And running a campaign in Charleston, South Carolina, is like running one in New York. And, and in some cases, more expensive. Because and we can't win the majority district. without these districts. I won by one point when I came into Congress. One by one point. Why are you... <clears throat> You people in the last week after you shut the first TR, it was two and three o'clock in the morning. And many we were live on Getter. We had twenty five, thirty, forty thousand people watching that time in the morning these debates. Why are you not here to, what what's the mentality of leadership to say, Go home? Why didn't you immediately go into I agree with Matt on this. We should have kept working. I mean and, and there the there's some misinformation out there. We can continue investigations right now. Mm-hmm. We can have committee hearings. We can't do floor work, but we can commi- continue the committee process right now. We could be electing a speaker today or tomorrow. We could be working this week and I would stay up here and get it done and move us forward as rapidly as possible. Was this an establishment ploy to let K Street regroup and think through what they're going to do, get everybody out of town? What happened was such a shock to the system. Every, mm-hmm. Everyone needed to go home and have a good cry and do the hand-wringing and the bedwetting. But, uh, you know, I agree with Nancy. We, we have to keep our focus now on the mission. Do not allow the posse to get punch drunk as if we have, we have achieved the oh, summit. No, 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 no. We've got to be at the right, you know, right now, <laughs> right. right now, there is a massive that power vacuum in this country, unlike we have seen in, in my lifetime, really. And that we want that to be filled with people who will hold to the spending guardrails and, and hold to their word with all members and and I really really think that's the that's the problem that focus. we have this power vacuum there should be plenty of people you know that could fill the spot immediately and you know so well we could be having candidate for them like yeah, today right we could have people you know in conference saying here's my vision right we could mm-hmm. have we could ha- be having our appropriations committee getting every single one of those 12 bills in order ready for the floor we they're not all right ready now yet. we could do it right now and they're not doing it because because they're more worried about how to absorb the shock to the system than they are the actual moving forward of the agenda and and the priorities of the American people in some cases. This started in January. It actually started before that. But let's say in January when you went, it was a set of principles. The, the debate galvanized in the 14 rounds, galvanized the nation to watch. But even people were sitting there. You, you, it was about a toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. Are those principles – still the guiding light of, of what what you guys are fighting for today? Is that still, as we go through the process 
of selecting a speaker? Is, is it the individual that's more important or the ability to trust them on their word that they will follow this set of principles that we need to, to address the fiscal crisis in this country? It's, it's both. It's someone who will stay true, their, true to their word to the American people and also follow the law. It's not, I mean, we're just asking Congress, just follow the law. I mean, we're going we're gonna to agree to disagree on any number of issues. Sometimes we're together, sometimes we're not. Sometimes the other side wins, sometimes we do. But we're just asking folks, the leadership, to just follow the law and keep their promises. I mean, it's, it's time to stop breaking promises to the American people, and that's what it's about. And being responsible with how we spend our nation's money. I don't, I don't want to do – yeah, go ahead. Because we want single-subject spending bills and a budget – we are deemed the agents of chaos. It's crazy. Anarchists is what well, they, they call said us. Last, what I heard <laughs> last night, they were working internally about a rules package that's going to be quite, They said they're never going to put themselves in this situation again. They will never put themselves in a situation where, according to the New York Times, the ultra-mega hard right – I've got a message for all of the establishment Republicans who think they're changing the rules. You don't have the votes no matter who the speaker is, right? So all these mods who are saying like, oh, well, we want the one-person motion to vacate to go away to vote for X, Y, or Z for speaker. The problem is uh, they will never get to 218 on that. So let's focus. I think Nancy's right. You want an honest person. You want a person that has a, a vision that can help people get elected in districts that are very purple, mm -hmm. but that also inspire the folks who are making the phone calls, making the donations, and, and really you know driving our country to a, a, a more prosperous place. Not just pick up those, but we probably left 20 on the table in 22. You're saying that, oh, that, for sure. that, you're saying that to pick those up also. How do you do that without Kevin McCarthy's $300 million. Well, I think that if we do a We're better do job... It, by the way, Garrett Graves held your phone up. You're, you're getting, what, your average donation is 13 bucks, 14 bucks from the posse? Uh, it's, right? it's 38 is 38. our average donation, $38. Uh, uh, but I, and, and happy for every penny. I don't think there's any amount too small. Because you don't take corporate money. You don't take lobbyist money, right? No, I, I don't. But I, I think going forward... Uh, we need that great combination like Nancy talked about. We need to see people emerge. I guess we're, we're seeing breaking news that Jim yeah. Jordan's about to announce a bit. Yeah, Jake Sherman, I think, has done a good job over a punch bowl. He's saying Scalise is going to be a bold challenger, but Jim Jordan is inching. His people are saying he's inching towards a speaker's bid, right? So you have two prominent. I mean, Scalise would be naturally the, the – that would be the logical order if you wanted the same apparatus – to run you, that leadership team. Yeah, I think we would want to hear their vision. And I'm not going to speak for Matt, but I think yeah. we've, we've talked about it. We're both open to who the next speaker is. The, I mean, it's, we're not asking for a lot. I mean, just being responsible and telling the truth. That 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 bar is that's the low bar. I mean, that's you know bare minimum. Can we get one more block out of you guys, or you get a punch? Can we? Start I think I'm good. Okay, fine. Yeah. So, uh, um, what what um, what happens if they, if people don't come back? This is going to wait till Tuesday. Are you guys, they're setting you up to get blamed for another CR. They're going to come back and say, after the speaker oh, fight. Oh, they started that not, immediately, immediately last night. So, so last are, night. are you, are you, have you, according to a certain conservative news network, you guys are guaranteeing we're going to have omnibus. What's your response to that? Well, no, this, this didn't have to happen. This didn't have to go down this way. We've had all year to do this. And but they it did, did go they did, down. Okay. They did four, they did 70%, but it did, but it did 70 it, of the government's did. budget we did in a week. But it did so go. we have 30% left to do. It can be done in the it's next the, two weeks. What the argument was, it was the fourth quarter and, and the coaches stay in. Do you buy that Manufactured argument? Manufactured crisis to in, do a CR. In what world? Is the first 48 hours of the new CR you just passed the fourth quarter? I, I'm dying for someone to explain that to me. 
because we have 45 days. I mean, the reason we didn't wait and let this languish is because we understand we're on the clock for 45 days. Mm -hmm. So I went right in on Monday. We ripped the Band-Aid off, had the vote, and we're ready to go. We're ready to work. And it's disappointing one that our colleagues reasons, aren't here. One of the reasons we're not hitting pause on the committee right. work. We could right. be, we're here they to work. Twice. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, the two congressmen have agreed to stay for another, uh, another block. Short commercial break. Back, we're going to talk about the way forward, the narrow path to the sunlit uplands. It's all out there in front of us. We're going to have to do some tough work. We've got a couple of tough people here in the war room. We're going to show us how we're going to uh, lead us to, uh, to, that, uh, to the sunlit uplands. Back in a moment. Everything's begun And you are over Cause we're taking down the CCP Spread the word all through Hong Kong We will fight till they're all gone We rejoice when there's no more Let's take down the CCP There's a lot to be nervous about out there Open social media or turn on the news And all you see is crime and societal decay a lot of people just run out and buy a gun, and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train, and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby, and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to iTargetPro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust Dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, can we get there? It, they're going to blame... The next CR on you guys. So we're what? We've got 40 days now or 43 days. You haven't picked a speaker. The Senate hasn't done anything. Where are we in that process? How, how, can, how can we represent the people that are out there that have your back on the fiscal crisis side that you can actually or help organize this thing and then move forward quickly? Well, we have just under 45 days to be able to do that. We just did four appropriations bills, four spending bills. That was 70 percent of government funding in like two weeks. So we've got plenty of time to get the last 30 percent of the government funded over the next 40 or so days. It can be done. There's a will. There's a way. And as we were just talking about, this is an opportunity for us to be united and strong and have the wind at our backs going into but the next spending okay, fight. We've got to get over yeah. the French work week. Okay. We can't do this, right. you know, show up on Tuesday, leave on Thursday they or Friday They do that because they want a set of crises, right, that has, that has these It's slowing hard, down the process. We could they, be here right they, now. They use, they use those, uh, those stops as to force you into just uh, do CRs, do omnibus. Well, all they yes. don't want stuff like this to right. happen because if we have this, the, the various um, 
thoughts throughout the conference and the various people meeting together and talking together, the leadership becomes less powerful. So the whole strategy has been, you know, not allow the collaboration that would allow the membership's viewpoint to really predominate over, you know, what the people who donate the most money to the leadership. But there's say. a if, if the rest of these bills are done. Right, and they come out. They're not yeah. done. No, no, no. I'm saying the rest of the appropriations. Like, why isn't the appropriations committee it's meeting this week it's to get every they single one meet, of these they bills? They could meet today. Order. I mean, they could meet today. One of the lies being told right now is that everything has, has to come to a halt. It mm-hmm. doesn't. Great the appropriations point. committee can meet today. Oversight could meet today. Judiciary could meet today. We could have another impeachment inquiry hearing today. But instead, they've hit pause. We don't have to do that. We could move forward right now on the spending bills and get this over with. When you get these uh, spending bills... That is the most important point that has been made on this program. No, no, no. Nancy just yeah, made. yeah, no. They, they did this to regroup because they're in a state of shock. They never thought that you could hear it when the gas, when you, when you uh, took your vote. The K Street guys, the lobbyists, the, the cartel is regrouping. But like the nerve of these establishment Republicans to have to take a week to go have a good cry and then blame us for being the reason that we can't get the work done. All we want to do is the work. We had to oust Kevin McCarthy because he was a barrier to completing that work. And now everybody's got to go take a, you know, a seven day pause. It is not just looking down range when the Senate comes back with theirs, they haven't done any work yet. When they come back with their appropriations, the bid and the ask on those two bills on appropriation will be pretty big gap. That negotiation itself. Well, that negotiation is going to come down to are you willing to take more conservative policy in exchange for a higher spending number? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Chuck Schumer has 70 percent of the spending bills in his inbox right now. Those negotiations could happen. We voted for the DOD appropriations. Veterans. Bills, veterans. We, we voted to give a pay raise to our military. We did all this. right now on, the, on those bills themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Even if the be. Senate didn't pass bills, they could come and conference our veterans bill and our defense bill. By the way, they've done that in the past. The Senate has been willing to come and conference a bill when they haven't passed one and conference off the House bill. So let's get to the business of doing that. So the apparatus is holding that back and the purpose is they want an omnibus. They want to jam into the end of the year. The establishment is trying to force that by the end of this thing. That's why, I mean, why else would they not be here doing the work of the people right now? So you're saying they're delaying on purpose. You guys today would call everybody back. Everybody get yes. to work on the appropriations. Mm-hmm. But you're also talking about Peter. Let's talk about it in a second. The, the arguments they made yesterday, most successful, we've got government, you know, the government weaponization. We've got the COVID. We've got uh, oversight. Uh you, we played your highlight when when uh, Charlie Kirk and Jack Posobiec in a five or six hour impeachment hearing. The only clip <laughs> they put out was your clip. Mm-hmm. That tells me probably not a great day. And you were spectacular, but you know, talk to me about that. I'm going to take that as I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> no, no, no. We played it a couple of times yeah. because there was nothing else to show. Mm-hmm. Is is the impeachment going to get or, with this change in leadership? Because I'm hearing from my sources that Kevin McCarthy and that team around him purposely held back judiciary, purposely held back oversight. This is the reason we don't have subpoenas. You've been over Treasury a number of times. You said it's 40, 50 million. You said the, 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 the sex trafficking portfolio on Hunter is that Millions thick. of dollars. Millions of dollars. No, and I'm not I'm like, I'm accused of being a conspiracy theorist, but all the whistleblowers have verified that it existed and he was trying to write, out, write it off on his taxes. So the problem is, previous to yesterday, Conservatives were told one thing about impeachment. Mods were told. Moderates were told another thing. So again, hold on. Hang over a second. Mm-hmm. Tell, explain that. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, con- conservatives were were guaranteed an impeachment. Moderates were guaranteed there would be no impeachment. And so that moderates is, were actually told there was going to be no impeachment. Correct. Yes. And so that's why it's so important for the next speaker 
to be honest, someone that we can trust, who will tell us the truth, even when we disagree, someone that we can depend on and know we're going to get the truth out of this individual. So I want us to follow the evidence and wherever it leads us. In those investigations, we could have another impeachment inquiry hearing right now, today, this week, and move forward, but we're not. Well, how do you keep the contradictory promises of there will be an impeachment and there won't be an impeachment? Start an impeachment and then neuter that impeachment of the tools necessary for it to be successful. That seems to be what Kevin McCarthy's regime did because they were not, look, I am a litigator, okay? I have done complex class action cases. I've done cases that involve a whole lot of financial documents. You have to get the paper moving immediately and you have to start sending the subpoenas because you need a duration of time to litigate those and at times change the scope of your requests, negotiate guardrails on testimony. This stuff happens all the time, but we haven't even begun the process. And I compare that to the systematized, regimented, disciplined way that the January 6th committee pursued everyone with great vigor that they had any interest in. And, you know, we, we have got to uh, have a moment of reflection about where we stand with our oversight in the impeachment matter. I agree. Nancy uh, did a great job. I think Byron Donalds did a great job in that hearing as well. But, uh, I mean, uh, we weren't sending our best. Do, do we have... Do we have subpoenas that are ready to go out? Are there things that can help that investigation move rapidly with a change in leadership? Or are we really starting at the beginning? Because the, the, the details and the facts that were laid out the other day, we've known so much of this from you coming on the show and from us reporting it and being the laptop from hell. Are there subpoenas? Is this going to get serious with not just a change in leadership? but a mentality on the committees. I'm not going to speak for the chairman, but I'll tell you, I do believe the subpoenas are ready to go. Um, and it's a matter of when we're going to do this. But I want I want every whistleblower in oversight. I want witnesses. And most importantly, I want the bookkeeper because the bookkeeper knows where all the bodies are buried and will be able to connect the dots. As the Ukrainians said, the executive said, it was such a complex web of money laundering, it'll take 10 years for the federal government to figure it out. And so that bookkeeper, to me, is going to be the, the key to the entire puzzle. And that's who I it's want like to have next. It's like the movie next. The Untouchables. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the bookkeepers, the guys, keeps uh, all the secrets. Uh, real quickly, we only got time. Uh, Ukraine. Uh, this came down. Uh, Ukraine was a big deal about this. There's all types of in the capitals of the world. They're saying, hey, is the U.S. going to cut off money to Ukraine? Can Ukraine go forward? Well, I, I give a tremendous amount of credit to Marjorie Taylor Greene because she crowbarred yep. $300 million to Ukraine in away from the defense funding bill. And she demanded an individual vote on that money. And she got that vote. And when that vote occurred, there were 101 Republicans who supported that money to Ukraine, 117, including the two of us, who opposed that additional money to Ukraine. And so now funding for Ukraine has lost the support of the majority of the majority. Is that a, a key? Is that will, will that be key to a new leader that well, I mean, they're going to have to guarantee that Hastert rule? Yeah, since it? Denny Hastert, yep. the rule has been you don't roll a majority of the majority with Democrats on a policy bill like that. And then Kevin McCarthy did it. With the last Ukraine yeah. money, and then if you if you believe Joe Biden and even some of the background reporting that came out of the Republican leadership offices, Kevin McCarthy had made another side deal on Ukraine, despite the fact that the Hastert rule had been broken. So we were there early uh, against uh, the the funding of this conflict, and I think it says something about the quality of our arguments and also the the American people being the leading indicator that now the lagging indicator of Congress has caught up. With with the with the appropriations not being done, 
Are you are you going to say the House shouldn't take up any of these supplementals whatsoever? That should be outside the process, past the budget, past uh, the appropriation. I am. I'm against any and all supplementals at this point. I mean, I, again, I called it in May during the debt ceiling fight. I said they're going to try to end run around the spending with emergency supplementals. They'll create and manufacture an emergency, a crisis to do an omnibus, a minibus, another CR, and supplementals. That is what they always do. But we have got to disrupt that cycle. We have to do what's right for the American people. The American people have been begging for single subject up or down votes on spending for decades and we have a, we have a huge opportunity to show and the you're American saying people it's we're all got to go it. in there. It can't be later any supplementals where they got no, hundreds just, of billions of dollars. It. Just follow the law <laughs> yeah. and do the right thing. Spend more money now with the expectation of cuts later is how we got to this place. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of done betting on the come. Um we got a couple of minutes. They're coming after you like yes. nobody's been. I mean they've been coming after Hard. him and, and Rosendale and these guys, but that's Bridge you, they're coming after hard because they never expected that. And mm-hmm. that rattled their narrative that this is only a bunch of super hard right people. You're, you're known as a moderate uh, right maverick. Here. I think Ma- she's more Ma- of a maverick. Maverick, maverick, maverick. But I, I told people when I got elected, I would not toe the party line when I disagree. When I agree with Republicans, I will support them. And when I disagree, I'm going to call them out. I have always been that way. Um, I do need help because they're coming after me. So if you can go to nancymace.org and chip in a dollar or $13 or whatever whatever it is, but they've threatened to dry up all my money. and what do you mean not, threat? Well, Talk I mean, about how that works. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I've had multiple members previous to the vote last night threaten to withhold fundraising if I took this vote. And to me, this was principled as People a People don't conscience. understand what the pressure is. Talk about what's the pressure. It's a huge amount of pressure. And then, you know, like the former speaker called my staff rather than call me, didn't have, didn't have, have the ability to do it or man up to do it. But then they call your staff and they scare them. And then, you know, everyone is sort of frightened and scurrying around. I was like, no, we're going to do the right thing no matter what. That is what I promised the American people. But now we're for real. I mean, they are making huge threats to us because I'm anti-establishment. I I came here saying I'm not going to follow the party line, and I'm actually doing it, and there are grave repercussions for it. What's the way forward? Give me a minute on that. What's the way forward here? On the well, hunt and all that. well, we want to. I'm going to talk to anyone who wants to be speaker. I'm going to sit down with them and have that conversation, and and feel them out. Are they going to commit to the promises that were made to the conference earlier this year? Are they going to commit to those things, being responsible, following the law, and are they going to be honest? Because we need someone who isn't going to go back on their work. So you're taking you're taking a principal stand. Back yes. to the original principles that yes. were guaranteed in this Congress, in Congress, and mm-hmm. somebody that can look you in the eye. Like in South Carolina, your words, your bond. Even when we don't, even when we disagree, it's okay. We're all adults here. We can have that debate. We can agree to disagree and move on. I don't want to be lied to anymore. I'm done with that. One more social media and how they get yeah. to you, Nancy to, to, Mace. If they want to hit you with a ten dollar bill. Uh, well, on online, the, the handle is Nancy Mace, and the website is nancymace.org. Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, we have to keep the momentum. We have to understand what chapter we're in in the book. We're not at the end. It's not time to fold it up and put it away. Uh, we now have to continue to drive these shared policy goals. And I think we need to listen, too. You know, in the coming days, I'm not going to be out there trying to force a, a particular candidate down anyone's throat. I want to hear a vision, and I want to mm-hmm. be inspired. And you know what, Steve? There, there's some providence in this as well. And you know, my wife is a, is a former worship leader. And when I got home last night and I was you know, going through, could this person do it or that person do it? She says, the Bible has all these stories of, in these moments of providence, leaders emerge. And sometimes they come from, you know, places you don't expect. And sometimes people become a version of themselves 
that they were not before because the time calls for it. And so there's a part of this uh, that, that mm-hmm. I think is defined by providence. Divine providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quickly, where do people go to your, to your site? To- MacGates.com. I appreciate everyone being a part of the fight. And I'm uh, at MacGates and at Rep MacGates everywhere on the Internet. A day in history yesterday that will not be forgotten for a long time. Massive uh, tectonic plate shift here in the imperial capital. We're going to take a short commercial break. Thank you, two guys. Quite heroic and incredibly dramatic. So good luck. Going to be very tough. Fight's just starting. Congressman Nancy Mace of South Carolina and Matt Gates of Florida. We'll be back after a short commercial break. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CC. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, I want to thank um, Congressman Nancy Mace and uh, Matt Gates for taking so much time today to explain everything. It's a, for the war and posse, up to the ramparts, 202-225-3121. Take the list, call and give an attaboy to the patriots that stood in the breach. And also, for your, particularly in the red districts, in these MAGA districts, if you could please make a phone call and just you know, put a query out there. Particularly when you saw the really feeble defense of uh, the McCarthy uh, rule, uh, the McCarthy reign yesterday by you know all these ten speakers that said nothing, just talking points, Murdoch news talking points. We're joined now by uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale from Montana, uh, sir. Can you tell us about where do you think we are now? Given that we know the establishment has, has sent you, why are you guys sent home? I don't understand. Shouldn't we be doing appropriations bills right now? Shouldn't we be doing? Uh, shouldn't we be doing the impeachment hearing? Another impeachment hearing again today. In Montana, is this the way you folks work out in Montana? No, we, we stay until the job is done. It doesn't matter what hour of the day or night. Uh, we stay until the job is done. And, and, and quite frankly, uh, that's the most disappointing part uh, of all of this. It's like there is absolutely no reason that we can't continue this work. It's like these guys are looking for any reason to delay the appropriations process, Steve. This is, this is one of the major reasons— 
that we ended up removing McCarthy yesterday because he, I truly believe, intentionally delayed the appropriations process. It was supposed to be complete on June 30, the Budget Act of 1974. June 30, we were supposed to complete the appropriation bill so that we can transfer them over to the Senate so that before we get to the September 30 deadline for the fiscal year, that we've we've been able to, to develop those 12 appropriation bills and and show the public transparently and responsibly how we're going to fund government. Every state legislature does it, and, and there's no reason that we cannot do it. And so, yeah, I'd like to stay here and, and continue that process because guess what? 45 days is going to roll around really quick. Everybody's going to be thinking about turkey dinner and Thanksgiving, and, and there we are going to be at the end of yet another continuing resolution. You know, the conserv- big, the big uh, platforms in conservative media today are calling you guys arsonist, agents of chaos. Um, these are people that call themselves uh, conservatives are coming after you and the, uh, and the rest of the hard eight uh, that really led this revolution and stood in the breach yesterday, uh, saying you're anything but conservatives. You have a response to that? Oh, yeah. I, I really don't. Don't care to be lectured by people that have spent 20 years or more around this city and have managed the uh, $33 trillion national debt that we're facing right now to to lecture me about how we should be running things. I think maybe we should give the guys that are just getting here uh, the ability to try and make some changes and do it a different way. So where do we go from here? Uh, I think now Jim Jordan announced uh, his people are announcing that he's going to run for speaker. Scalise is out there. There's other names popping up. Uh, you can have a half a dozen. Um, what, I'm not asking you to choose a side here or a tribe, but how do you see this thing unfolding since they, the establishment sent everybody home? I know the audience finds this unbelievable till Tuesday. Yeah. That means there's going to be some sort of lengthy or at least some sort of speaker fight. And then before you guys can get back to work with the clock ticking, on the 47 days before you not only have to pass it yourself, you have to sit down with the Senate, you actually have to get an agreed upon budget and agreed upon appropriations uh, bill. How do you see this thing unfolding? So one thing I will tell you is I'm really, really pleased that now that the uh, king is gone, that people are uh, raising their hands and saying that they're interested in the position. This is where we were back in January. We couldn't keep everyone together to stop negotiating long enough to gather some more people to push those votes and and keep Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker. Uh, And and until that happened, folks were not willing to put their hand up because they knew that the retribution that would probably be imposed upon them was was more than they could stand. And now we we have been able to get him removed, and there's a lot of people sitting their hands up. Uh, That's great. There will not be a coronation. There will be a discussion, a debate, and the number one characteristic and trait that I'm looking for is someone who's trustworthy, okay? Someone who's who's committed, principled individual that when they have a discussion with the conference and they say, this is what we're going to do, and they're in the conference room with us in private, that when they go in and speak with Hakeem Jeffries or Chuck Schumer or President Biden, that guess what? They tell them the same thing. And then they have the intestinal fortitude to stick with that. And and the country will be much better served. And so that's the first thing that I'm looking for in in the uh, next speaker. And that will make this process go better. I also think everybody needs to think about this. The vast majority 
of, of our work has been done. Uh, we're talking about 70% of the appropriation bills of, of the funding, not the bills themselves, but, but the number, okay? We're looking at, and, and when you throw in the mandatory spending that they have shifted over to the side that nobody really gets to uh, work on, we're, we're, we're left with about, about $400 billion of the $6.7, $6.9 trillion in spending. We're left with about $400 billion that needs to be addressed and appropriated in those remaining eight bills. There is no reason that we can't get that wrapped up in a few weeks' time. No reason whatsoever. And get this over to the Senate, and then we're going to need to have some, again, intestinal fortitude, commitment to say, this is what we will and what we will not accept. Uh, Congressman Gates, can you hang on for a second? We'll take a short commercial break here. I've got Rosendale. I've got a couple more. I'm uh, the handsome uh, one. Uh, Rosendale, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we've got a couple more questions. Particularly, particularly uh, certain conservative news organizations are making the accusations that the constituents, this is too complicated for them. They really don't understand these details. It's too much in the weeds. So I want to, I want to, when we return from commercial break, I want to ask you about that and the folks out in, in, in Montana who have been, you know, uh, great followers of the show and a big part of our audience. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Congressman Matt Rosendale from Montana is with us. We're going to leave uh, this hour with Billy Joe Shaver. Get thee behind me, Satan. Couldn't be a better theme song for this week, could it? We're going to return for the second hour of the War Room, and it will be as explosive and lit as hour one. We're getting the inside baseball of the uh, the implosion of the lobbyists in K Street in the Imperial Capitol. All next in the war room. The demons that were in me had turned me wrong side out. I knew inside my soul I was a headed straight for hell. But I couldn't for my life figure how to help myself. And I said, get deep behind me, sin. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 